Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Uh, hey, Jamie, I've got a really good intro. Ready? Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> it's a me, Bechdel cast. What? Hello. <laughs> Oh my god it's pretty good right listeners i just want you to know that caitlin right before saying that said i've got a really good intro no and i'm i'm gonna leave that in the episode all right all right i thought you were gonna, i thought you were gonna do something like really heady and be like do you believe mm. in podcast <laughs> because that's no. for some reason the journey of this movie mario has to believe in dinosaurs question mark Mm -hmm. which is also his journey in the game so it makes total sense that this he would be on a dinosaur based journey right the reliance on the source material yeah it's it's there it's palpable we can feel it you can feel i can feel it in my in my little freaky dinosaur bones well Mm. i thought that was a great intro even though i insulted it immediately i was just being insecure (laughs) i wish i thought of it myself You know, that's why this is a collaborative effort. It's true. <laughs> Welcome to the Vexel cast. Uh, my name is Jamie Loftus Mario. Oh, wow. My name is Caitlin Mario Durante, Whoa. which actually almost works because my middle name is Marie. You should... One letter off of Mario. You should get that changed. <laughs> you should... You should yeah. figure that out. <laughs> it's not going to be a big deal, but like I think it would really turn some things around. Thank you. I agree. I'll work on it. <laughs> I'm going to change my middle name to Bethano or something. I'll change the last. Let's oh. just slap an O on the end of both of our middle names. Well, here's the thing. Loftus Luigi. Mm. It doesn't sound that similar, but Jamie Loftus Mario. Yeah, it could have just been Jamie Luigi. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> you know, I'm keeping Jamie Loftus Mario. Unfortunately, it's already <laughs> legally reflected on my birth certificate. I should have asked people. <laughs> nah, it's it's your choice. Anyway, yeah, I'm Caitlin Mario Durante. 
<laughs> my voice remains sounding like this. I like this. Yeah. It's the new you, baby. And Thanks. this week we're covering a movie that is uh, no longer available <laughs> publicly. I would guess, I don't know how long it's been unavailable publicly, but I would guess partially because, and this is why we're releasing this now, because of the new Mario movie. I think this movie has such a bad reputation that maybe the like studio didn't even want it out for like comparison. Oh, Huge sure. mistake. There's no right. way Chris Pratt Mario is going to be able to do the things that are done in this movie. Mm-mm. I bet there's not even going to be a horny fungus. <laughs> Where's the like fungus penis coming out of foreskin? It's probably not going to be in this new movie. And that's a huge disappointment it's a disaster i ugh, i really i mean whatever i i i guess i'm rooting for this movie to be good i don't really know why i i, I feel like chris pratt Mart. well i don't know we've got to, we've got to get our our expert in here because mm. i need i need some thoughts i need some experience i need some um i need to understand what's happening here but yes we're covering super mario brothers 1993 today and we have an incredible guest but first we have to tell you what the Bechtel test is right um so that we can explain to you how this movie does pass it (laughs) right so the Bechtel test is what we use as a jumping off point on our podcast which we also didn't explain what this is here's what we do we examine movies through an intersectional feminist lens using the Bechtel test simply as a jumping off point to initiate a much more thoughtful conversation, okay, Mm -hmm. about representation and such. And the Bechtel test, our version, requires that two characters of a marginalized gender who ideally have names, they must speak to each other about something other than a man. And ideally for us, it's a narratively relevant conversation. And it does, ugh, I was so pleasantly surprised by so many things that happened in this movie, but that was one of them. And and without further ado, we have an incredible guest today. Let's get her in the we mix. We sure do. She's a comedian and gamer and a friend of ours. It's Abby Russell. Hello, that's me. I love games. I love games. Wow, that feels good. (laughs) Have you ever said that before? I love games? Yeah. No, I try to keep it deep down, but this feels like a safe space where I can be authentically myself Mm -hmm. as a gamer and virgin. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, look, we we accept all kinds here. Thank you. So, okay, we have been wanting to cover this movie with you for a while, only to realize a few days before recording that it is not available anywhere. However, if uh, listeners are interested, I don't think John Leguizamo is getting residuals from this movie anymore. So I would say don't feel bad about watching it illegally online, which is what we all did. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's worth it. It's worth your time. Because this movie rocks. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We all really like this movie. I loved (laughs) it. I was kind of shocked. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. (laughs) I know. Well, it was so like, I feel like I knew about this movie's reputation a lot. And then I Mm -hmm. was like ready for something that was way less like comprehensible or like fun to watch than it I I don't know. Like, yeah, the ending's a little confusing, but it's like, who? I don't know. Abby, what's your history with this movie? And I guess the Mario franchise in general. Wow. Okay. I guess with this movie, I've never seen it, heard a lot about it. I heard it was one of those like, oh, it's so bad kind of movies. And mm-hmm. I found it to be genuinely fun and a lot of really inspired choices. Mm-hmm. And I guess my history with Mario, 
I've been working in the gaming industry for far too long now, so I've played <laughs> quite a number of Mario games. I'm familiar with Mario. Mario Mario, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Canonically, he is Mario Mario. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Mario game? Oh, gosh. There's so many. I mean, I love the Mario Party games. I know that they're yes. sort of a first choice. I love Mario Party. I think Mario Party is so fun. Mm. There are a billion of them. I think it's just a good time to be had all around. Also, Mario Kart. Hard to go wrong with Mario Kart. Oof. Mm. Perfect game. No notes. Agreed. Jamie, what is your relationship with this movie slash Mario in, in general? Ooh, I'm not a gamer girl, and I'm trying to fix that about myself. But I'm not... Yeah, I'm that's not, a huge flaw of yours. <laughs> I'm really trying to change as a person fundamentally. I just yeah. didn't... I feel like we've talked about... Because we've covered... Um, a handful of video game movies on this show before. Not too many. We've covered Lara Croft. Croft. Is there anything else? Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat movies. Never did a Mortal Kombat. Okay. There's always time. Maybe this is the <laughs> second one we've covered. I just didn't, I don't know. I wasn't allowed to play video games growing up. Um, and so by the time I got them, yeah, we, we had a hand-me-down console from my cousin that we had to use like in secret and then when I got older, my brother was allowed to play video games. And by that point, I didn't care. Mm. But so I played very, very few video games. I watched my cousins play video I watched my cousins play Mario Kart a lot. I loved Spyro the Dragon. And that's kind of it. <laughs> but during lockdown, I played top to bottom. Like, I've played a lot of Mario Party. I've watched a lot of Mario Kart. And then I played Luigi's Mansion top to bottom during lockdown. And I loved Luigi's fucking mansion. I don't really know what makes a good game or a bad game other than is it fun for me and did I finish it? And so that... (laughs) five mansions for Luigi's mansion. And I just love Luigi as a guy too. He's just a long piece of pasta. I love that guy. Mm. And I love John Leguizamo's horny, naive Luigi. <laughs> that oh he, my I like, gosh. What is sweetie pie? I yeah. I'm, I think I'm just like first and foremost, a, a Luigi head. And I would always like, if I did play Mario Kart with my, um, Oh, that's another question I have for, for both of you. When I would play Mario Kart with my cousins, I would always be Luigi because they're like, you're tall and your your favorite color is green. I was like, damn, they're right. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I will say, Jamie, you do feel like a Luigi and Caitlin, you feel like a Mario. I feel like wow, this wow. makes sense for the pod. Do, 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 do. Wait, that's so... Uh, what are your go-to uh, characters if you're in Mario Kart? Who you, who you, who you jumping for? I love Yoshi. Mm. who I guess is canonically a dinosaur. We can confirm it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of questions about it, but now we know he's a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. I also love Shy Guy, who I don't think was in this movie, unfortunately. Ooh. There's no Shy Guy. And there is room for him, right? Yeah. It depends on the Mario Kart in question, because I was a big Mario Kart 64 head as a youth, mm. and I would almost always... Actually, I did not discriminate. I was every character in equal parts. Played the field. I was playing the field. Wow. I was kind of a slut, actually, when it <laughs> came to a proud slut. When it came to who I, who I was driving around as in Mario Kart sixty four. Mario Kart Wii is the next one. Oh, I may, maybe. I I don't know enough about like which Nintendo games showed up with which consoles. I now have a Switch. I don't know if there's like a specifically a Switch 
Mario Kart game or if it's just sort of like a carryover from Abby, do you know? So there is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is originally on the Wii U, but because a lot of people didn't buy the Wii U, they ported it to the Switch. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is on the Switch, and they've mm. released like DLC just for the Switch since then. There's a bunch of okay. DLC that's come out. I play a lot of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, to be honest. So yeah. I think that is like the best Mario Kart. They haven't made a new Mario Kart in years, but Mario Kart 8 is still very good, so... I accept it. It's okay. God, we'll allow it. This was all to say that I have no go-to characters. I just play as everyone all the time. Yeah. I think that, and also, well, again, not to just keep piling on the the Luigi praise, but with uh, Luigi, uh, maybe this is just a list of questions I have for Abby. Um, (laughs) In relation to Luigi, who is Waluigi? (laughs) Okay. Interesting question. Okay. So like, Mario and Luigi are brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wario and Waluigi are like the anti-Mario and Luigi. Okay. But I like to think that Wario and Waluigi are lovers and not brothers. Ooh. But I don't think that's canonical. I think that's just a me thing. But I think they have lover energy mm-hmm. and I like their dynamic personally. I don't know if that answered your question, but I just wanted to talk about my fan fiction, I guess. I think it does. <laughs> I think that that yin and yang... You know, that that makes sense to me. That that scans. I feel like Wario and Waluigi aren't like true villains. They're sort of like fun antiheroes, I think. They're goofy. People love Waluigi. They're a couple of rascals. I like their mustaches. They're spiky because they're evil. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unlike real Luigi's mustache, that's smooth as butter, baby. Mm. (laughs) Abby, you have one more question before we start talking about the movie. Oh, great. (laughs) And then, oh, wait, no, wait, Caitlin, what is your history with the Mario franchise? Oh, my gosh. I thought you'd never ask. Sorry, I just I'm bursting with questions this morning. Uh, I had seen this movie once before, but it's been like probably 20 years since I've seen it. Mm. I I knew at the time that it had like a cult following and that it was like widely regarded as one of the worst movies ever made. I watched it, but I think I wasn't paying very close attention to it back then because I was just like, man, whatever. Like it was a weird, not very good movie. And then when I watched it again for this episode, I was like, wait a minute, we've been sleeping on this movie for decades. This movie rocks. And like, no, it's not good, quote unquote, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's so it's much not fun. boring, which is it's the not worst boring. thing boring. Can be. It looks amazing. The production yeah. design is incredible. The performance, it's funny. There the are casting. jokes and they land. Yes. The casting is incredible. The performances are incredible. It's just like camp trash, and I love it. Yeah. Even like from our perspective, the movie did much better than I thought it was going right. to do. They made Daisy a, a paleontologist. <laughs> it's also so wild that this movie comes out a few months, I think, before Jurassic Park. It's like, well. Truly. <laughs> oh, well. Steven Spielberg must have been so happy that people hated this movie. It's so silly mm. to hate this movie. What's it doing wrong? I loved it. This movie to me felt like. If you asked an eight-year-old boy in the 80s, like, okay, you want to make a Mario movie, what's it going to be? And then the the child wrote the script. Like, that's what it felt like to me, but in, like, the best way. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of, like, the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. It reminded me a lot of, like, Power Rangers. I mean, it reminded me of, like, Casper, too. Like, it just, like, it's, like, all of these... I don't know. I, I think it's funny that, like, this movie seems to be singled out as uniquely bad when it's like doing I think so many things that 
like attempting to adapt older properties or like just properties that hadn't been adapted to like Hollywood movies. It's like you wouldn't Casper was like such a goofy, like nothing poofy cartoon that they turned into like a gritty kind of like overly horny live action (laughs) movie with really fun practical effects. And that's exactly what this is doing. And it's like, I don't know why it caught so much shit. I truly don't know. Yeah. The third act kind of falls apart and the climax is barely a climax but other than that it's a perfect film there's a snow tunnel (laughs) and it's ladies from brooklyn and she doesn't even lose her cigarette and you're just like well i have no complaints it's great Um, so yeah i love the movie and then as far as like mario properties in general i grew up playing i didn't have a super nintendo but i had like a regular ass nintendo so whatever mario game was on that i played quite a bit as a kid And then my sister and I got a Nintendo 64 when I was maybe like 12 or something like that. And I played Super Mario 64. I played Mario Kart 64. Then I got my Switch at the beginning of the pandemic. I've been playing Mario Party. I started replaying Mario 64. um, But then I was like, I have to move on to other things such as Zelda and Pokemon. Well, there, Um, there comes a time in every person's life. Exactly. And I will say controversially that Smash Brothers, I don't like it. I don't like it either. Thank you. I don't. Thank you so much. That good. I also don't like crossover stuff. I think it is unnatural and unright. I don't think Mario should be anywhere near Link (laughs) Mm. or any of the other little freaks they put in that game. The Animal Crossing people (laughs) with Bowser, I don't think so. Oh, that's the one where they all play together. Yes, and they like beat each other up. No. People are like, do you want to play Smash? And I'm like, no, I want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Anyway, so that's just my tirade about Mario stuff. Abby, I have one more question for you before we get into this discussion, okay. which is, do you have any opinions on video game movie adaptations in general? Are there any video game movies that you are like, this is a good one? Because I feel like they generally... And maybe I'm wrong here, but I think they generally kind of get a bad rap. I think, yeah, I would agree. I think most do get a bad rap and most are not very good. I think the live action ones of like the 80s and 90s are typically thought of as like pretty terrible but fun. And then I think like live Mm. action ones today are sort of like they're so rote, they're boring, like the Uncharted movies. And then I think things Mm. like the Sonic movies and I expect the new Mario movie that will come out is like a perfectly passable movie for children. Like I think Mm -hmm. people go in being like, it's going to be so stupid. I'm like, this is just for families. It's not really for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, a lot of adult viewers should maybe keep in mind that not all movies are made for them. Yes. But this seems to be a very <laughs> difficult thing for large groups of people <laughs> to accept. But then it's like the The Last of Us just came out. And I feel like that, oh, I mean, sure, that's, that's been true. extremely well received. But that's also a miniseries for me. The Last of Us is also based off of a game that is incredibly cinematic and narrative. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it adapts really well to television, especially now in the age of like prestige TV. Whereas like Mario does not have a coherent <laughs> narrative. <laughs> so you're really gonna have to make some big choices to make a narrative happen, I guess. And they do, they really do. <laughs> also, I was like, as I was watching this movie, I was like, wow, a world covered in fungus. What is this? The Last of Us? There's parallels. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Mario walked so Last of Us could run. 
exactly yes yes i haven't watched the last of us neither have i because i because you hate having a great time and looking at pedro pascal it does not okay to be fair (laughs) the last of us i don't look at that poster and say that looks like a great time it maybe Um, looks like a good show but it doesn't like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna have a great time it's from the guy who made point oh i i I, I can't talk about the guy who made The Last of Us. I, I have a positive opinion of him, but it, it's his, his career so wild. He wrote two hangovers and then Chernobyl oh. and oh. then Last of Us. You're oh, just wow. like, huh? He's, Honestly, good for him. I know. I was like, God. <laughs> I was talking to my boyfriend about it, about it the other day, and I was like, men can do anything. <laughs> they're, they're, they're allowed to try so many things. It's not fair. I wanted to share, speaking of, um, actually, this is a, a male director I really, really like, and I think most people do. This isn't a hot take, but there's a quote uh, I found from Edgar Wright mm-hmm. about um, how he thinks that video game movies don't work in general and then like said kind of concisely why because he's a gamer Mm -hmm. girl edgar wright he said uh quote there's never been a good video game film the reason for that is staring you in the face a video game is a unique experience to you you are playing the game just like watching somebody else play a video game is not fun i disagree (laughs) Uh, it's not fun watching a video game adaptation if you're not playing it. There is no game that I would like to adapt. Maybe Rampage, but somebody's probably already doing that. Unquote. I believe someone did do that. Did that happen? Yeah, wasn't I The Rock? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I agree with parts of that. But I think, like you said, people love watching people play video games. Like Twitch yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. I also think there are some good video d- game adaptions. And I think there are so many video games like The Last of Us where you do it does add something to play the game. But also because it's so narrative and kind of trying to be a movie anyway, it like adapts really easily. Yeah. Whereas something like Mario, yeah, is a different challenge again. Yeah. Damn. Well, uh, should we should we get into Super Mario Brothers 1993? Let's do it. John Leguizamo is so handsome. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, let's do it right after this break. Yes. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, so here's the recap. So for anyone who has not seen this movie, fix it. Fix that right now. Yeah, go find, go watch this movie that's impossible to find. <laughs> Literally, Caitlin messaged me, and I, unfortunately, uh, I'm a deviant, and I know how to find a movie mm. if I can't find it. And I was like, just Google the name of the movie and then one, two, three movies. You'll find it. Your computer will explode, <laughs> but you'll find it. And so it was. And sure enough, it is there. Yeah, thank you for the link. So just for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, if you're picturing like an animated or, you know, like something aesthetically similar to the Mario games you're familiar with, that is not at all what this is. This movie is a live action reimagining of Mario where Mario and his brother Luigi are plumbers in modern day Brooklyn or like 90s, 1993 when it came out. Okay, so that's what we're getting into. But first we open on animation of dinosaurs 65 million years ago, which also, I don't know if anyone has seen 65 starring Adam Driver no I did not like it was it is there an Adam Driver dinosaur movie that's literally in theater well it, at the time of this recording it's in theaters what's going on with I that did guy? see it and it's another live action movie about humans mm-hmm. interacting with t-rexes and other dinosaurs did they show a big dinosaur egg that then a baby girl comes out of that almost happens in 65. Yeah, the opening yeah. sequence with the woman running to the church reminded me of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, except it goes way better for her. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Sure. The church is nice to her. So it's 65 million years ago. Then a meteorite hits and voiceover says, yeah, this meteorite hit the earth. But what if not all dinosaurs were destroyed? What if the impact of this meteorite created an alternate dimension where dinosaurs continue to thrive and evolve into intelligent species? And you're like, what movie did I walk into? (laughs) Uh, Then we cut to, I think, the 1970s where a woman is running frantically around Brooklyn. She leaves something on the stoop of a church, then goes into the sewer where she runs into Koopa, played by Dennis Hopper. Wild. And he's mean, and she's scared of him. And then maybe, like, the tunnel collapses on him. We're not really sure. We cut to the church. What has been left on the stoop was a large egg, which hatches... And inside is what appears to be a human baby. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bunch of nuns who are like touching the egg, being like, oh my God, what is it? And then like yeah. a human baby comes out and they're like, whoa, a miracle. <laughs> Better <laughs> yes. raise it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm saying, I mean, it just turns out way. And then later, this is the being raised in a church thing is only brought up one other time. And she's like, yeah, it was great. 
I was like, wow, huge divergence from Hunchback of Notre Dame. He had a brutal time <laughs> in that damn church. Um, the, <laughs> what was it? Oh, oh, at first, at first I like assumed that the baby coming out of the egg was Mario. So it made me laugh when it was like 20 years later. I'm like, are they going to try to tell me Bob Hoskins is 20 years old? But <laughs> uh, <laughs> would have uh, been fun, though. <laughs> um, along with the egg, this woman also left behind a bluish crystal, mm -hmm. which will become important later. We then cut to present day, a.k.a. 1993. We meet Mario, played by Bob Hoskins and his younger brother, Luigi, played by John Leguizamo. Just incredible, perfect casting. Perfect casting. It's so good. You wouldn't think that they, I mean, I guess it's just like two people with just like off the charts levels of charisma where you're like, I guess they would work together. How mm -hmm. could they not? And they do. And they do. They are plumbers who get called in for a job, but their competitor, the mean Mr. Scapelli, gets there first. Mr. Scapelli is also trying to shut down a paleontological dig where NYU students are digging up dinosaur bones, which is a project led by <laughs> Daisy, played by Samantha Mathis. This is all so like 80s and 90s kind of villains where, I mean, and I kind of miss this in like mm -hmm. big cartoonish real estate developer villains who get humiliated by the end of the movie like this happens in almost all of these kinds of adaptations and i always like it yeah and it's always some scrappy kids that are like don't build them all here and then they don't <laughs> that's why and then they don't and yeah. it works and we love it just like in real yeah. life <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um then we meet these two goons spike and iggy who work for koopa and it seems like they are fish out of water they're eating hot dogs the wrong way which jamie is cheering i was cheering <laughs> they think that they're eating actual dog meat they throw away the buns it's hilarious i mean depending on where you source it you could be eating actual dog meat um sometimes mm. the rumors are true and yes. i appreciated that deconstruction of the form oh <laughs> yeah. sorry sorry uh Guys, Flea just pooped, and so he's Flea walking around and screaming. <laughs> That's what I do, too. He's just, sometimes when he really lays an egg, he <laughs> has to... He's like, call the nuns. Scream it out. <laughs> call, call the nuns, we get a live one. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry. <laughs> no worries. So Spike and Iggy are maybe from another dimension, but they are trying to kidnap Daisy. Yeah. Daisy, meanwhile, crosses paths with Luigi, and he's like, hubba hubba, a wooga, who is that? Mm -hmm. uh, but Luigi is really bad at flirting, so Mario steps in and helps. Mario smooth Daisy as hell. Ooh. Mario, women are dropping it this guy's feet he, yeah i love and he's a good boyfriend oh i know i was like wow he treats women right i was into it he does both of them they're so yeah. sweet to the women in their lives and it's like wow it's really nice we never see this <laughs> i was like jealous i was jealous of daniela <laughs> yeah like, he's so affectionate he's so mm. nice i know <sighs> and that so they offer daisy a ride 
and then Luigi asks her to dinner that night. Cut to dinner. It's a double date between Luigi and Daisy and Mario and his girlfriend, Daniela. This is where we discover that Daisy is the baby who hatched from the egg at the beginning because she has that blue crystal which she wears around her neck as a necklace and we're like wow blue crystal necklace heart of the ocean much also there's a moment where luigi's like i'm flying mario i'm flying (laughs) and you're like whoa james cameron ripped it off (laughs) 100 percent okay so then luigi is like wow daisy your job digging up dinosaur bones is so cool and she's like, I'll show you. So she takes him down to the sewer. Meanwhile, Spike and Iggy kidnap Mario's girlfriend, Daniela, because they mistake her for Daisy. But they realize they've gotten the wrong person. So then they follow Daisy and Luigi into the sewer. Meanwhile, Daisy and Luigi are about to smooch. But then some pipes burst and this is maybe my favorite joke of the movie where luigi who is a plumber she's like oh my gosh thank goodness you're here you're a plumber and he's like that's right i know exactly what to do cut to them going to mario Mario for help because because luigi doesn't know what he's doing yeah it's like i also like that it's um sort of canon that Luigi doesn't know what he's doing. He's just an apprentice. True. He's still he's learning. Still learning. Mm-hmm. God, also, John, uh, not to like keep thirsting after John Leguizamo, but I was like, wow, he's probably like 22 here. He's 33. Really? What? Oh, my God. I was like, he looks so young. Good for him. Look, I mean, I, I have no explanation. I just have the truth. <laughs> I will say I did appreciate how many times that they got out of situations via plumbing either like mm-hmm. messing with yes. the plumbing or repairing the plumbing i thought that was a really fun way to be like look they're plumbers this is what they know how to do they are going to plumb yeah they're not um mary sue plumbers <laughs> they use <laughs> skills they already have all the time they, there's even like it got more i was like wow this is getting kind of granular like mario's talking luigi through some hvac shit at one point <laughs> and you're just like this is like pretty intense Working class heroes, blue collar heroes. And then they mentioned their union. Yeah. Plumbers famously have like some of the strongest unions in like the world. So it's also like, mm-hmm. man. I believe it. These guys. Working class you know? heroes. Luigi has like a rainbow tool belt. He's an ally. Ooh, He's an yes. ally. God, I love these guys. <laughs> <laughs> they rock. I also wondered the the way that they set up, like, it seems like the way that Mario and Luigi get plumbing work is by, like, walking around oh, and just looking I for <laughs> I was like, don't they call you? Why are you walking around <laughs> looking for plumbing problems? <laughs> but I don't know. I've I'm never here. worked. I'm, I've never apprenticed, so I can't say for sure. Sure. Um, okay, so now they all go back down to the sewer to fix these pipes, but oh no, the goons kidnap Daisy and bring her through this porthole, but her crystal necklace gets left behind. Luigi and Mario grab it, and then they jump through the porthole as well. Which is just like a rock mm. face. They go into the sewers, and then it's like kind of an underground, like, KV canyon thing. Yes. And they jump into like a wiggly mm. rock essentially Mm -hmm. (laughs) precisely this like helped me understand a little 
better when like I, the two directors who did this also invented uh, that character Max Headroom who looks similarly mm. bizarre. It was like an 80s, um, I associate it with MTV, but it was like this 80s TV host that was just a computer generated head. And I think he wore sunglasses and it was supposed to be like this cool, futuristic, like Gen X kids will love this. And they did. <laughs> uh, and you're like, all right. Um, but it like, the graphics are super similar. And that was, well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the production of this movie because it's- There's so much. too. Ugh. Oh my God. One of the directors poured hot coffee at an extra. You're like, what the <gasps> fuck is going on? John Leguizamo like injured Bob. They was driving the Mario, like their plumbing car drunk because they were drunk all the time. Yeah, what? I read And he that. hurt Bob Hoskins and he had to wear a cast for most <gasps> of the movie. Oh my <laughs> He's wearing a flesh, flesh colored cast. Anyways, oh wow. the backstory is wild. Good trivia. Can't wait. They did flip a lot of cars. I was kind of amazed at how many big action sequences there were. I loved it. They spared no expense. It felt like almost Tim Burton Bat- Batman-y, the way yeah. the action was at some point. Whereas, like, big action sequences with, like, a pause for jokes. Yes. Loved it. This is not really the tone of the script, but more the aesthetics of, like... Especially how the villains dressed. Have you y'all seen the movie Dead Ringers? No, no. It's a freaky, weird movie that is very tonally different. But it's about these two twin gynecologists, based <sighs> off of like okay. I think real life, and then they like I think maybe start like mutilating and murdering people, Whoa. and then also like each other, and they have these weird freaky tools. But anyway, I felt like real similar aesthetics, like they were in the same world kind of vibe. Ooh. Okay, God, that's wild. All right, so Luigi and Mario jump through to this alternate dimension, which is similar to New York City, but it's really kooky, and some people look like reptiles, and everything is covered in fungus. And Mario and Luigi are like, what the fuck? But they have to keep chasing the goons who captured Daisy. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Koopa and his sidekick slash girlfriend or I don't really know what their relationship is exactly it was unclear but but she definitely like it's it that character well we'll get back to her but yeah it's like she definitely is primarily motivated by ambition but it also does Mm -hmm. seem like she's kind of in love with Dennis Hopper yes it does seem because she so this is Lena played by Fiona Shaw Mm -hmm. who some listeners might recognize as Aunt Petunia from the Harry Potter movies. Is that her most famous role? Uh, that was what I recognized her. Oh, in. I guess I know her from like Killing Eve. Oh yes, she's great in Killing Eve. Yeah, she's so good. She's great, and this is uh, this is like peak good villain costuming for her. Yes, such good outfits. Um, so Koopa and Lena reveal their plan. So Koopa needs the missing piece of the meteorite that had split the two dimensions because they're in the dimension where the people evolved from reptiles. So Koopa hates mammals because he's like a dinosaur man. (laughs) And he also resents that mammals get to live above ground with clean water and fresh air and that he and his reptile people are stuck in this like sewer dimension so this piece of the meteorite will help them merge the worlds because he's gonna like stick it in the big meteorite and it's gonna bring these two worlds together and he wants to rule over everyone and if you're if you don't understand 
that's fine. <laughs> like it, it doesn't really, I kind of really forget it. I was like something about merging the word and then it gets really, really heady where it's like, we want to do, and then there's like kind there's like some attempted commentary on like fascistic societies. Cause Koopa is like this <laughs> fascist leader. And then he's yes. trying to like brainwash people into being Goombas that don't question him. And then he, he can also make people smarter, but if you make them smarter, they become socialist revolutionaries. There's like a lot of like, <laughs> stuff yes. going on um correct and i liked it all but i was like this is i don't know if mario is like able to handle this level of of commentary but i, yeah. I like that they tried right they're like this dinosaur realm is a police state and mario and luigi have to come in and dismantle it they arrest toad for singing like a bob dylan song about <laughs> koopa you're like whoa this is this is intense it's wild yeah yeah Okay, so as Mario and Luigi are trying to navigate through the chaos of being in this alternate dimension, a woman with a red and very spiky <gasps> outfit. Yes, the judge from Legally Blonde. Yes! yes. <laughs> uh, great character actor moment. Wait, what is her, what is that actress? She name? was my favorite part of the movie. I loved everything about her. Incredible. Just incredible. Uh, Francesca P. Roberts. Yes whose name we will learn is Bertha a little later on, but she steals the necklace from Mario and Luigi. Well, really an old lady steals it, and then she comes along and throws the old lady over a bridge <laughs> and steals it for Fair. herself. Yes. <laughs> what a two-punch. Uh, women can do anything. It's really We're still recording this during uh, Women's History Month, and in that moment, I was like, wow, I felt it. Yeah. Girl power. <laughs> because the... The older lady, I think, takes advantage of what the Marios assume of her, which is that she's weak and defenseless. Mm -hmm. And then she mugs them, and then Bertha <laughs> throws her off a bridge. It's iconic. <laughs> but she yeah. continues to fight And then she cops like, steals and... a car or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sequence was so fun. I loved it. It's great. Uh, okay, so then Mario and Luigi meet Toad, who is, like you said, Jamie, like a musician who's singing songs very weird adaptation of that character <laughs> yeah spir like swirly hair they did mm -hmm. they made some choices on that one they, yeah they is sure there did anything about the care am i like i mean i'm not super well versed but like is there anything about the character toad that's like particularly musical or counterculture it's <laughs> like why did they make I don't this think choice so toad is just like a little dude who's like here's the tutorial for the game <laughs> right in the later games he like goes around exploring he's like a captain toad but that's yeah, I was like, that's the little guy that Mario. tells me what lap I'm on. That's, exactly. That's yeah. his job. Queer icon <laughs> toad. He's just doing his job, you know. But yeah. I mean, I I thought, I, again, just like another fun, weird swing that this movie makes. You're like, yeah, I guess that he's an acoustic guitarist. Sure. Yes. So they all get arrested and thrown in jail for like no reason, really. And Koopa shows up. And he's like, hey, Mario and Luigi, give me that meteorite piece. And they're like, we don't have it. So Koopa gets mad and de-evolves Toad because he has this machine where you can either evolve or de-evolve people. And so he de-evolves Toad into a reptile with a tiny head and makes him join the Goomba army because in this version of Mario... 
Goombas are not the little mushroom guys. No. Goombas They're are fascist soldiers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With tiny heads. Very small. Huge bodies. Yes. Tiny little heads. It's clearly an adult man sticking his head up and controlling a puppet. Yes. Which we love to see. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we saw more of it. But it's, yeah. And then also the, I mean, again, like the attempted like they're like but the goombas can be deprogrammed by showings of human kindness or, or something because they bring daisy vegetables well that's yes. that's toad goomba that was, yeah. uh, oh that's a, how the fuck am i supposed which, to know that they gave him a harmonica immediately yeah, that's how I you appreciate it yeah because he's got the harmonica <laughs> clearly i'm not operating on the intellectual level this movie is i was like wow that's so nice there was a lot of layers going on with the plot i was just like i'm here to vibe i'm not here to follow what's happening at any point yeah i think that that's the intention and if it isn't yeah. that's the way to best enjoy this movie well i i was analyzing it through a like narrative storytelling screenwriting point of view and i was like honestly things track I'm following. It's working for me. It basically works. And that's <clears throat> honestly more than most movies do. And it's not boring. <laughs> and that's definitely it's not boring. That's the thing is like even if the new Mario movie is good, I bet it will be boring. Hmm. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be perfectly milk toast and a perfectly passable movie to watch with your nephew. Yeah. Which fine sure yeah, whatever it's no minions it's no minions honey oh, i tell no. you what nothing they're taking controls. risks over in minion town <laughs> damn right they're making swings yeah uh okay so mario and luigi are like still being detained they fight back and escape in a stolen cop car and they drive through a tunnel and end up in the desert also this thing keeps happening where it seems like the fungus that's covering everything is like helping them and giving them little trinkets that they are going to use mm. later like little bombs little bob bombs yeah meanwhile koopa decides to evolve spike and iggy to make them smarter so that they'll be better at helping him and then lena goes to daisy and she's like here's the thing about your mother and father your father was the king your mother is that lady who we saw at the beginning who left the egg at the church because she was trying to keep her <laughs> She safe. laid her egg in front of a bunch of nuns. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so we realize, oh, Daisy is this like princess from this alternate realm. Mm -hmm. And Lena also tells Daisy that the reason Koopa wants her is that he thinks daisy is the only one who can merge the dimensions like her body can withstand the force that it will take it's or all very like royalisty but you're like uh, it's mario i just gotta i just gotta roll with it i don't have time to think about royalist bloodline bullshit i can't do it today right. but you know noted <laughs> this is also when daisy meets a little dinosaur named yoshi who is nice and who is also treated as koopa's prisoner yeah so yoshi and daisy become friends back in the desert mario and luigi run into the goons spike and iggy who are trying to get the meteorite piece still then they all head back into the city to take the meteorite piece from the woman who stole it, Bertha, who works as a bouncer at a nightclub. 
so Mario and Luigi go to the club. Mm-hmm. Mario gets the necklace from Bertha by flirting and dancing with her. They have a very sensual dance moment. <laughs> it's honestly very well done. I was into it. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, I I really loved it. Yeah. Like it was um they played it straight in a way that I was like, it's so cool that they hired like mostly classically trained actors for this because they're <laughs> not out of context, you're like this could be in so many different movies. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And I loved that Mario Mario was like, the way I'm going to win over this woman's heart is by being like, I am horny when you punch me. Please yes. keep doing that. And she's like, okay, big boy, like, let's do it. <laughs> and it works like a charm. But also yes. I'm like, I think he's kind of serious. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so there's like a kink element to this movie too. It's, it's awesome. Thrilling. Yes. Yeah. So he steals the necklace back. She realizes what has happened, but she's like, shrug, they're my friends now. So she helps them escape. And also steals the little kiss. Oh, yeah, they kiss. Mm -hmm. But they have to escape when Lena shows up with some Goombas and immediately steals the meteorite necklace from Mario and Luigi. So now Lena has it. Mario and Luigi show up at Koopa's house slash headquarters slash lair, whatever, suddenly dressed in far more Mario and Luigi outfits that we hadn't seen them in before. Yeah, they're wearing like really generally 90s clothes up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a scene in an elevator where they get the Goombas to dance. They really just like disarm a lot of the villains by dancing with them i realized (laughs) which is beautiful meanwhile lena approaches daisy and she's about to stab daisy but yoshi saves her daisy escapes lena stabs yoshi but he doesn't die for some reason um (laughs) i thought for sure he and lena died in that scene but mm -hmm. it turns out they're both fine and yoshi's just wearing a little collar yeah which then she just took off it was like he'd been wearing the collar like you could have just taken it off earlier i was surprised that she was suddenly able to take it off nothing really changed that's true no (laughs) that was a little confusing to me but i was just like honestly i just i was i was bummed out when i thought lena had died Mm. and i was (laughs) like oh i guess i guess she made it great (laughs) no she just dies later yeah and in a really cartoony way she's just skeletonified (laughs) yep uh, okay, so Daisy, with the help of Goomba Toad and Iggy and Spike, who have turned on Koopa and are now lo- and are loyal to Daisy and her father, the King, which is weird because it's like, but they they're talking like they're socialist revolutionaries, and it was really funny mm-hmm. where they're like they put you through the smart machine, but then it's like, but then they also are like, we love the King, and I'm like put him through the smart machine one more time, <laughs> uh, right. They got to seize the means of productions down there in in, in Dino York. <laughs> exactly. So Iggy and Spike show Daisy her father, who is this giant blob of sentient fungus. What? And she's like, hi, dad. He's just a throbbing pile of ceiling fungus. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's so, oh, the color is like nauseating. It's like dripping goo everywhere. Kind of, it's fleshy looking. I was just thinking, like, if I were a child, I think I would be scared by the fungus. It wasn't even Mm. like fun and cartoony. It was realistic and disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was like a throbbing flesh colored, like, fungus. It was both wet and dry somehow. (gasps) Wow. Beetlejuice, cum scabs vibes. (gasps) What? Yeah. (laughs) 
We don't have time. We, we can't. Have we time. can't. <laughs> we can't. Okay, so Mario and Luigi reunite with Daisy. She introduces them to her fungus dad. And then Mario goes to rescue his girlfriend, Daniela, and the other Brooklyn women who the goons had previously kidnapped, thinking they were also Daisy. Amazing. Um, they escape via sliding down this huge icy pipe. And then Mario, Luigi, Daisy, and Daniela, they're like ready to go back to Brooklyn. But oh no, Koopa finally gets his hand on the meteorite piece and he's ready to uh, like reunite the piece with the rest of the meteorite. But then there's this climactic scuffle where Mario is trying to stop Koopa. The two dimensions start merging at one point. It's this at this point it is genuinely really confusing what is going on. <laughs> the third act really again falls apart and the <laughs> climax is like not that satisfying because it just like they pretty easily are able to blow up Koopa with a bomb mm. and then they de-evolve him into a dinosaur and then goo but also they like defeat the like mob boss in brooklyn who is like the real estate guy yes. by de-evolving him into a chimpanzee right which was also like okay we solved that problem pretty quick too like right. now we're gonna go back to the underground world and i guess that's fine yeah everything's great um so everyone's celebrating the fungus king returns to his human self and then Mario and Luigi go to leave and return to Brooklyn. And Daisy's like, I'm going to stay here. And Luigi's like, damn girl, but I love you. And she's like, yeah, but I got to figure out who I am. And he's like, respect. Well, so and sort of Mario says that for him. Yeah. It's because Mario's an ally. And then he's, he's kind of watching coach. them kiss for a little too long. <laughs> but... It's a horny movie. It's <laughs> very horny. And then Mario and Luigi go back to Brooklyn, back to their normal lives. Some time passes. And then one day, Daisy shows up at their door and is like, you gotta come with me. And they're like, okay. Which is setting up a sequel that never happens because uh, this movie was a box office flop. Yeah. Also, I did like the implication that she's like, you know... Koopa is dead. My dad's going to be back. we got to rebuild the city. Things are going to be good again. And then she comes back, like, her clothes are all torn. She's, like, covered in soot. She has, like, this huge gun. She's like, I need your help. It's like, what happened down there? Things are supposed to get better. <laughs> right. Right. The people turned on the monarchy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Spike um, and Iggy took over because they're just like, death to the smart. king, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, should we shall we take a quick break and then uh, come back to s discuss many of the complex themes in this <laughs> incredible movie? Yes, let's. We'll be right back. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. 
big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Um, I wanted to talk about, before we get into um, the deeply nuanced discussion this movie requires. Yes, yes, yes. I wanted to just do some uh, recaps of behind-the-scenes stuff that happened in this movie. It, like, is, I think, equally notorious for being a very messy Mm behind-the-scenes story as it is for being (laughs) a movie that's considered to be bad. There's a really good half hour short doc on it on the YouTube channel gaming historian where I learned a lot, including um, it just like feels so of the time, the way that they were trying to build this. They originally hired the screenwriter for rain man yes, to write the screenplay. And then he was fired because they didn't like the script because they said it was too similar to rain man, which <laughs> I don't know what that means um, to the point where they, called the script drain man yes. which is <laughs> funny hilarious. because of plumbing and pipes ha, ha, ha. but is this real is... or is this a bit no this is true this is, this real. is like they really called it drain man maybe it's probably like as the working title that's still though <laughs> but, and i think that like part of the reason this movie is so weird in a way that we obviously like but it's like this was the first big Hollywood um, video game adaptation ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was so poorly received at the time that they didn't make another live action Nintendo movie until Detective Pikachu over 25 years later. Like this movie, it scared Nintendo big time in terms of like adapting their properties into movies. Mm -hmm. But in any case, at the time it was seen like as experimental and like Mario is like too big to fail. They're like, well, let's hire some experimental filmmakers and like see what they do because that was sort of what was done at the time I don't like I think it was positioned as like what a weird thing to do but it's like giving Tim Burton Batman was weird and that worked out great and -hmm. like there were sort of scrappy indie filmmakers that were given these big properties and it would do well so it like made sort of sense they hired this um, director turned producer named Roland Joffe who had won an Academy Award before for making a movie about genocide in Cambodia so again it's just like Mm. I, which I'm sure is a great movie, but it doesn't seem like a natural fit for the Super Mario Brothers movie. But they give it to him. Mm-hmm. He hires the the screenwriter from Rain Man. Like, it just seems all bizarre. They hire the production designer from Blade Runner, which I think is why this movie looks mm. so cool. Yeah, They hire an Academy Award winning cinematographer as well. And then they end up, like, they have trouble with casting because Nintendo has opinions on who should play Mario, who shouldn't. Dustin Hoffman almost played Mario, which I think would have been fun. Mm. But also, 
I, I guess if the Rain Man issue was already an issue, that would not help. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then Tom Hanks was almost Mario. I think that would have sucked. Yeah. That would have been normal. Too normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mario shouldn't be like, I don't know. Bob Hoskins makes more sense. Yeah. The only person who would make more sense than Bob Hoskins is Danny DeVito, who was mm-hmm. offered the part and turned it down because he thought the script sucked because he's a <laughs> discerning king. Um, and then Koopa, they wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger or Michael Keaton. And then they didn't want anyone for Luigi except John Leguizamo, I'm pretty sure, which is great. Mm-hmm. In any case, uh, they ended up hiring. There's uh, two directors on this movie. It's a married couple, Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. Um, so we were like, yay, there's a woman director on this movie. But unfortunately, they're both evil. Uh, they're very hated yeah. by everyone. It sounds like they were. They, they, so they were most famous for um, inventing Max Headroom, like we were talking about earlier. They mm-hmm. didn't have feature experience. They had done like a bunch of very like 80s, 90s Gen X experimental music videos and shit like that. And then they were like, sure, we'll do like the Tim Burton thing and give you this big movie to direct. Um, which they were bad at. Everyone in the cast started drinking (laughs) during the day all the time. They called each other cruel names. The directors, I guess, were really demanding and also didn't know what they were doing. They were uh, being very disrespectful to these, like, incredibly well-regarded, like, uh, cinematographers and production designers they'd hired and were micromanaging people who knew what they were doing more than they did. It's said that uh, Rocky Morton poured hot coffee on an extra. Um, John Leguizamo said that. Um, Why? They, there's 500 different versions of the story. Ultimately, it seems like he was mean. Mm. Cartoonishly mean. At some point, like in production, they wouldn't let the director talk to the writers anymore because the directors were constantly trying to get shit rewritten. The movie was rewritten almost every day. Like Everyone was miserable. Yeah, John Leguizamo and uh, Bob Hoskins are drunk during basically every shot of this movie uh, (laughs) to the point where John Leguizamo, like, almost... I I don't know if he broke Bob Hoskins' leg or what happened, but, like, Bob Hoskins was wearing a cast for a lot of the movie. It just seems like it was um, pretty horrific. Yeah, Hoskins said... um, Oh, yes, give me that quote. I love that quote. (laughs) The worst thing I ever did... Super Mario Brothers. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. And then Dennis Hopper, who, by the way, I feel like is playing a similar villain to the villain he played a few years earlier in Speed. Oh. He's like invoking some of that. Wow. Um, he also thought it was, quote, a nightmare. It was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. We've all been around couples like that, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a fucking nightmare. Um, so I think I'm, which always kind of elevates the fact that I'm like, all things considered, I don't think it turned out that bad if people were that fucking miserable the whole time. There Mm -hmm. there was also like, I was looking for pictures of them. I couldn't find them. But I guess that they, the crew hated these directors so much that they started like making (gasps) t-shirts that openly, and they would wear them to set. Like it was like, they hated these directors. It just seemed, 
it seemed like they were really in the trenches over there. Whenever you like hear about these super toxic working environments, it always just is like, it's wild to see like people at their limits. Like these are people on their worst behavior and it makes everyone on their worst behavior. And then they do just wild things like that where they're like, I'm going to make a t-shirt just to tell my (laughs) boss to go fuck themselves. Mm -hmm. Like that is just wild. There is something. Yeah. It's like, I know like we've all been in like, whatever job it is for you that you're like this is where I really became a different version of myself because I was so upset about where I was working and there is like something so powerful about bonding with coworkers who are miserable in the same exact way you do or you are and like are mad at the same authority figure you are and then you make a t-shirt sometimes oh (laughs) god I would love to see those t-shirts anyways that's the background of this movie can i share a couple additional things that i learned yeah um this one is just a a fun fact a lot of different screenwriters were brought on to write a draft and then fired basically and then another screenwriting team or duo would be brought on to you know write the next draft Mm. so one of these screenwriting teams that wrote a draft of the movie uh later said that essentially what we did was what Shrek did. Hello. So they, because their version was a take that was like subverting fairy tale cliches. Oh, fun. And, and satirizing mm. them. So that's that fun fact. At another point, a different writing team was brought on. This was Dick Clement and Ian LaFrenz. Uh, LaFrenz. <laughs> I'm not sure Sick. how to... Lafrenis? Lafrenis. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, they were brought on to deliver, and, and I'm pulling this from Scholarly Journal Wikipedia, of course, which, by the way, mm-hmm. the Wikipedia entry for this movie is one of the longest Wikipedia entries for a movie that I have ever seen. Oh, I mean, it's, there's people love talking about disaster <laughs> sets. Yeah. Yes, so there's a lot here. But anyway, so this screenwriting team was brought on to deliver a more adult and feminist tone um, where the version that they wrote, Princess Daisy and Lena's roles were expanded and they were the ones who added the character of Bertha and it was their script that finally convinced Bob Hoskins to take on the role of Mario. I'm not totally sure how much the script was rewritten after that draft, but it seems like... Probably significantly. Probably, but also I would guess that like an earlier draft, Lena's role might have been scaled back. And so like her prominence in the movie that we see, I wonder if that was like thanks to this draft of the screenplay. Um, I hope so. I mean, and, and also, I mean... We'll talk about this in a little bit, but like Daisy, I don't know. That's why I was like, I feel like Daisy seems like maybe a victim of a lot of rewrites where she starts out as a super like motivated and smart and cool character. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, she disappears for a pretty big chunk, but then she comes back at the end and like becomes a more active character at the end. But she's kind of like, I mean, I guess it, that's like uh, the most Mario thing in the world to do is to have a princess in a tower that's canon Mm -hmm. but i i did appreciate that like it wasn't just like we're gonna put her in a tower for most of the movie and she won't have a personality and blah 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 blah. like she had a lot of cool stuff going on yeah 
this is an aside that this all just reminded me of, but have y'all ever played or do you know about the one Princess Peach game that they made? No. Never played it, no. It was for the Nintendo DS. I did play it and loved it, but (laughs) it is like the only one where Princess Peach is the protagonist. She's proactive and her powers, no joke, is like her emotions. She's very emotional. So she'll cry and it'll like flood. She'll get overly angry and light on fire. So there's a little bit of controversy of like you made the one woman character like overly emotional and that's her skill. But I don't know. This just reminded me of that. That is fascinating. I was like, I think I need the weekend to cook on how I feel about that. Um, that's <laughs> so wild. Um, well, I guess, I mean, in, in that way, this movie does better than that. Like, she yeah. has... Um, she's a, a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. She's a woman She's in STEM. running, as like an undergrad, running her own uh, paleontology department. <laughs> yeah, because she's like mm-hmm. 20. So she's probably like a sophomore or junior or something. <laughs> but she's like, no, I'm I'm leading this project of this like intensive... New York City dinosaur find. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're like, yeah, sure, great. Like, I, uh, I thought that was great like I I like that it's also rooted in like who she is as a character like it makes sense that she's interested in dinosaurs she's part dinosaur question mark (laughs) I didn't even think about that yeah not really sure but it feels like they really thought it through and with her relationship with Luigi like he is doing the like awuga cartoon wolf eyes at her at first but I thought in general he was so he was very sweet to her he's very Mm -hmm. polite he like really liked her for her they go on an actual date yeah like he's interested in who she is like it makes i liked that they connected on like not knowing who their real parents were it just felt like a real cute relationship i loved it i am so here for this romance yeah yeah like you said he's he's so sweet to her she's like insecure about what she does for a living slash her academic pursuits. She's like, you she's probably like, oh, think weird. I'm weird that I'm a 20 year old dinosaur genius. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I think it's so freaking awesome. And so he's like Cute. interested in her work and her mind. And I love uh, that moment with them on the sidewalk where um, they both are like, yeah, if you if you think I suck and I'm not cool, like you can totally like bail right now, and <laughs> that would be fine. And and then she she was like, I was gonna say the same thing. Like if you want to bail on me, like that's totally cool. I just thought that was so sweet. I was like, Aww. but you guys are so great together. I loved them. It's and then um, when she introduces Luigi to her fungus dad. He's like, oh my god, it's such an honor to meet you. <laughs> he had this like ball of goo. <laughs> it's, he's so cute. So sweet. I also love that they didn't make Mario the one who was going to like get the girl at the end. Like he's like, I got a steady girlfriend. I might kiss the judge from Legally Blonde on the side, but like I'm covered. I'm good. I'm here for my little bro. And I really liked that. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, and his relationship with Daniela, I mean, even though Daniela doesn't get the same emphasis or, like, character mm-hmm. development that Daisy does, it seems like they have a, a good relationship and that they've been together for a long time. I do wish her name was Peach, though. Yeah. Right. I know. I don't know why. But they, but they really, like, doubled down on their, like, they're just in Brooklyn. It's <laughs> yeah. just Brooklyn in 1993. Because <laughs> there's a bunch of, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was expecting to not be into any of the uh, romantic pairings introduced in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, especially for 1993, you're like, this is really sweet. They're like 
very affectionate, sweet partners. I just wish that like that Daisy and Daniela got to like participate in the action yeah. um, right. more or at all. Daisy has moments. I mean, she doesn't really participate in the action. She does have, because um, it's like at the beginning, she is very motivated and does a lot of stuff. Then she's kidnapped and is kind of sidelined for a good chunk of the movie and then we basically just see her talking to Yoshi which kind of gave me like Jasmine from Aladdin vibes where she's like it's just me and my animal (laughs) and we're trapped here and we're just gonna have little conversations and you're like okay and then (laughs) you get a little bit of her and Lena I thought those conversations were pretty cool Mm -hmm. where I think I don't know sometimes you're like programmed with the expectation of like oh Lena will probably like feel bad for her and act maternally and blah 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 but Lena's like no I want to merge the worlds or whatever that plot point is and I'll (laughs) kill anyone who's in my way blah 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 and so you know I I thought that was fine but then she doesn't really get to physically do anything again until she breaks out of the tower but I was also honestly surprised that she breaks out of the tower yeah mostly with the help uh well because she keeps getting saved and then recaptured but I don't think at any point she was actually like physically saved by Mario and Luigi okay so I mean the whole premise of both this movie and Mario games in general is like oh we have to save the princess from Bowser or Koopa or you know whoever has kidnapped the princess and usually it's Princess Peach if we're talking about the video games in this movie, it's Daisy, who is, like, Daisy canonically Luigi's girlfriend in the games? I mean, I think she's, like, the B. I don't think anyone's canonical. I mean, I guess Peach kind of is canonical. There's, like, weird canonical stuff with the girlfriends where, like, Bowser Jr. is maybe Peach's baby. Whoa, <laughs> in one of the games. what? There's, like, I think it's in Mario Sunshine. There's, like, a cutscene where Bowser... It was like she got kidnapped by Bowser, and then later Bowser Jr. sees Peach, and he's like, Mommy? And she's like, what? Whoa. (laughs) But anyway, this is all to say, I don't know how much of the canonical relationships that there is, but I do think Daisy is the Luigi to Mario's Peach. Sure. So the premise of the games and this movie is like, we have to save the princess who has been kidnapped and damseled. And then also, like, we have to save Daniela and the other women from Brooklyn who had been kidnapped. So the main, like, again, narrative thrust of the movie is, Kim like... Kim's trying to bring narrative thrust back, and it's really it driving me stop. up a wall. <laughs> the inciting incident is, like, Daisy getting kidnapped yeah. and Mario and Luigi having to, like, go into the alternate dimension to save her... And most of the movie is them trying to save her. which So it's a very, like, damsel in distress narrative. And I do think that there probably was a way to, like, remain... I don't know. Like, I, there's so many elements of this movie that are in no way faithful to the Mario franchise. Right. That I'm like, well, why is that? I mean, like, that element they keep pretty intact. Although they... Again, like they did more with it than I thought they would, but it is still like she's trapped in a tower for a lot of it. Daniela, poor Daniela is kidnapped and you think that's the inciting incident, but it's not because Mario doesn't even know what happens until the end of the movie. (laughs) He has no idea. I also think there's ways to kidnap a character, specifically a woman, 
but not completely damsel her. So if they want to remain like faithful to the source material of like the princess gets kidnapped, she can still be far more active in the story and she can do things to save herself and make active choices Mm -hmm. that don't just completely leave her as a like a helpless damsel right they also had like the whole necklace plot too so there could have definitely been a world too where like she saves herself or like she can steal the necklace for herself and they can help break her out or something where it's like she you know because there are two things they need saving right that aren't just like the girl and the you know it's also the necklace too yeah that's like kind of another missed opportunity where she's supposed to have this like vague special ability to merge the worlds that maybe she could have like made some use of to get herself out of the tower like if she's able to merge dimensions why is she stuck in the tower right (laughs) seems a little yeah like I, i i definitely think that there's things that could and should have been done different and it's also like it wasn't like she wasn't set up with a lot of abilities i was surprised that her like paleontology skills didn't come back more meaningfully either. Right. Other than like, she's like uniquely able to like connect with Yoshi. I I think it's implied because she like understands dinosaurs, but like outside of that, it's like you're in dino world. You should be like uniquely useful here, but they, but they don't really use that for a big chunk of the movie. That's why Jurassic Park works so well. The, mm-hmm. the people who are in the park are dinosaur experts. Even the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy read a book about dinosaurs, so he knows what's what. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that there, there were, and again, it's just, I mean, I know this movie was written 50 times and it seems like there were, I would guess that there's versions of this where she was more active in the second act. And that is just like not the version we hmm. saw, which is a bummer because I, I really liked how they set up her character to the point where I didn't like feel like the romance subplot was like taking up too much air. It felt earned. Same. But then she just disappears for a big chunk. And, da- and poor Daniela. is is even worse off even though I think Daniela I I think it would have been really easy to write her reductively and I feel like I've seen like Lady from Brooklyn characters written off very reductively Mm -hmm. but she seems like I mean she is written to be like I think she works at a tanning salon is what we're told and when she and um, I liked that she and Daisy were both really different but they like got along fine they like seemed to you know like I liked when Daniela was like yeah, to set up the fact that she's wearing a meteorite says like oh you should come to the tanning salon you'll have to take off that meteorite though I was like <laughs> nice setup uh, yeah. but I like that it's like she's like a working class person as well but like mm-hmm. she's not made fun of or like made out to seem like a bimbo or anything like yeah. that and none of the women from Brooklyn are really I mean they're like uh, maybe a little cartoonish you could argue yeah. and, and they all are damseled um, I like that they were friends with each other though they didn't start like fighting in the prison or anything and even the yeah. one who's like well she's from Queens and they like kind of rib her but it's like all in good fun I thought right. that was very charming but we like her though yeah and I also <laughs> like that they somehow got to keep cigarettes for the entire it was so funny <laughs> They keep each other warm when they freeze the pipes. Yeah. Daisy's happy to see Daniela, even though they're like being held hostage together. It's like, oh, yeah. these women like each other. They get along. It's sweet. Like, and again, it's like, could there be 
more done? Yes. Do I think that Mario needed to show up to save them? No, it seems like they probably could have broken out. I think I, I wouldn't have been bumped by them, like a bunch of like brassy women from Brooklyn escaping loser jail. Like that yeah. would fucking rule. I would love to see that. There's only one Goomba there that they have to, they would have to have dealt with. He's outnumbered, right? And then like, yeah, I, I think that they probably, that would have been a cool moment for Daniela to kind of like, unsinkable molly brown the situation and be like let's get the fuck out of here um because the second mario shows up they are immediately like active in their own escape and you're just like well maybe like he he didn't even need to be there that would have been a fun fun scene to have but i did like that they were like i mean they like battering rammed their way out of there and then went down the weird snow tunnel (laughs) i don't know again i'm like Points for effort, more than I expected, but it Same. there were a lot of cool ways it could have gone. For sure. The other big thing that I thought was pretty tropey as far as the portrayal of different female characters was with Lena. And I appreciate that there's like a female villain in the mix, but her thing becomes that she gets jealous of Daisy because yeah. Daisy shows up in the in the dimension. Koopa starts paying a lot of attention to Daisy. He's also like, have you ever been kissed by a dinosaur? And then his like face turns into a lizard for a second. He tries to kiss her. Oh my God. He's like, little girls never forget their <laughs> first time a yeah, lizard kisses like, them. I was like, what is this dialogue? <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> what is so weird. <laughs> but so he's like in the gross, like villainy way, but he's like enamored with Daisy mm-hmm. and Lena is like uh uh Jafari yeah right Sorry, Jafar esque <laughs> and because she's like in love with Koopa question mark she uh gets really jealous of all the attention that Koopa is paying to Daisy so she decides to like strike out on her own she goes and is able to get the necklace she loses it but then gets it back mm-hmm. in the third act and then she tries to put it in the meteorite she gets fried and becomes a skeleton so like, it does kind of seem like a yeah like she there were sequences where she was clearly jealous that but again it would like it always felt like that character was like kind of weirdly written and Fiona Shaw makes it work because she's herself mm-hmm. but like it felt like there were always two things going on with her at the same time it sometimes got confusing where it was like she was in love with Koopa but also she like craved Koopa's power and I feel like it could have worked it would have been easier for me if she just like wanted power and that would make most of her stuff make more sense or like I don't know the being in love with Koopa and jealous of Daisy stuff just like didn't quite track for me I felt like it was just it, it makes more sense if she's just like completely driven by uh, need for power and ambition because it her, the way her story ends does feel like a killed by ambition kind of tropey like thing because exactly. at the end she's like no one's gonna help me I'm gonna merge the world and there's whatever we could talk about movies where women are killed by their own ambition another day because this is like not not the best I mean that's like some fatal attraction shit right mm-hmm. but like Lena can't have it all uh, but she's she basically wants to be like the queen of fascism and it right. kills her 
And that is a more uh, like clean, effective storyline than like, and also I want Dennis Hopper to give me a little kiss or like, right. And I'm going to be jealous of any other woman in the room. When realistically, if she's just driven by power, she would like having Daisy on her side is incredibly useful. Right. Like if she has Daisy as an ally and shows Daisy kindness while she's being held prisoner, then that gives her a leg up over Koopa and the story could kind of play out a little differently. Right. Whatever. I thought Fiona Shaw did a great job. And in terms of villainous outfits, Ooh. I left satisfied. Yeah, her outfits, her makeup, her hair. That blue dress. Oh, everything. When she got electrocuted, her hair went all wild. That was fun. Oh, yeah. It's like Glenn Close, Cruella DeVille. It was great. <laughs> I loved Koopa's hair, the like bleached, like, yeah. we can't really do cornrows, but we'll do like sort of, I don't know. There's like, there's a dinosaur that has a head like that. I'll take your word for it. It's like if they're they're they were going for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a ridged cranial thing and they're like let's do that with his hair. So I think like all like all of the women we've discussed so far, Lena, they could have done better, but they did better than I thought <laughs> expected for 1993 yes yeah the last thing i wanted to say about daisy is i did like that yoshi brought her a gun that <laughs> was cool and I, know. I loved that why did they always it was like the way you worked the tv was like you held a gun to it like there's at one point where king koopa was like ordering a pizza but he was holding a gun at this like video call and it felt like he was like robbing someone through a video call and i was like what is happening <laughs> no idea and then there's that iconic Koopa line at the end of the movie where they're like zip zap zopping between the two dimensions. You're like, what the fuck is going on? But then at one point, Dennis Hopper's like, give me that evil gun <laughs> and starts <laughs> shooting Mario. You're like, what is happening? Um, I loved that line. I hope it was improvised when Dennis Hopper was drunk at work. Uh, <laughs> give me that Agreed. evil gun. I also, can we talk about Mario and Luigi's like special handshake? which just seems to be a high five where they intertwine their fingers and kind of like wiggle it around. <laughs> Very half-assed, yeah. I was, yeah. I, I don't was even remember it. this. It Is there any quite basis a bit. for it that in the like game? It was just like this weird handshake where they, it, it was it, it bizarre, but mostly pretty subtle. I honestly assumed that that was a game thing because I was like, that's weird. No. I guess that that looks better in cartoon form <laughs> than in real life. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah, I assumed that was like a holdover from the game that I just didn't remember. I don't think so. There is a moment where you do find out that Mario, that Mario and Luigi aren't like biological brothers that like that Mario took He's Luigi. Like brother daddy. In. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. Luigi's like, yeah, Mario was like my mom. <laughs> and Mario's like, no. He's like, okay, fine. You were like my dad. And it's like, there are two. Mario, just... And my uncle and everything else. You're like, yeah. Aw you guys um there was like yeah there's a few very 90s like uh, the the one like 90s no homo joke i picked up on was when luigi was like i don't hang out at flower shops and you're like what is this oh, i really <laughs> missed that <laughs> it was just like so i was like wow people really could not relax uh at this time like i don't hang out at flower shops or nothing i'm like relax luigi hang out at flower shops i bet you'd like it yeah they're nice they smell good yeah unlike toilets which is where you hang out most of the time <laughs> flowers are mario canon because of the like the piranha flower that's true you also have the fire flower and yes mm -hmm. can we talk about big bertha really quick yes um i love her 
I love her too. <laughs> I didn't realize that she was based on a Mario character. Can someone explain that to me? Was she? Yes. I think it, that she's like styled after a fish character. Wait, let's oh, double check this. But if you look at the, the yes, they like jump out of the water. Yeah. Yes. I know this fish. I mean, but I, if I didn't look that up, I would not have known that. I think, and it really is seem, mainly seems like her dress is inspired by that. And then there's kind of little else. But I did want to say that she's styled after a big fish. I see. <laughs> and you can make of that what you what you will, but that's what I learned. I love her character though. I love she's like the most um she and the uh the the nameless uh older woman who gets thrown off of a bridge by her um, are the most like actiony like Big Bertha, it's so weird because I think Bertha gets like the widest range of things to do of any woman in the script possibly because she has big action sequence. She like steals the thingy that everyone needs. She gets like a a sensual romance scene. She like assists the heroes and like it's a small part and she doesn't speak a lot. Which kind of especially sucks as I think the only black woman with a meaningful part in the movie. Yeah. But with, I mean, with the time she has on screen, it's like she, she's got range. There's a lot going on with her. I loved her. She's doing and her stuff. outfits. Her outfit. I wasn't quite sure why after she realizes that Mario stole the necklace back that she was completely fine with it. But I also don't know why she stole the necklace in the first place. So... You know, <laughs> I kind of figured that was like a rules of the town. Everyone's stealing from everyone. So it's kind of a respect thing of like, oh, you stole from me. That's sort of the vibe I got from it. Game mm-hmm. recognizes game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, like we said, I love that when so Mario tries to like seduce her at first in like a more traditional like, hey, babe, how you doing kind of thing. And then she responds by punching him in the face. <laughs> he goes, oh, wow, maybe she's shy. So then <laughs> he goes back up to her. And he's like, I loved it when you punched me in the face. Please do it again. And then she's like, let's dance. Like, dance. It's like one of the best scenes There's in the so movie. Much dancing. <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, she's their ally. Like she helps them escape. She gives them flying boots, <laughs> question mark. And then she shows up again at the end during the climax and does something to help also. But I forget. Does anyone remember what she does? No. I forget. But she she shows up. Maybe she doesn't even do anything, but she's just like, wahoo. And, um, you know, <laughs> not everything she does ma- makes sense necessarily, but I love that she's there. I also yeah, appreciate it. that's not unique uh, in this movie. A lot of people are doing shit that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. I also love that she wasn't like, okay, well, I danced with Mario. So now he's my boyfriend forever. She was just like, yeah, we just had this nice moment and now we're buds. Yeah. That shot of her when she realizes he stole the necklace and it pulls out and she's like, where did he go? It kind of broke my heart. I'll be honest. But she bounced back pretty quick. Yeah. And she's a bouncer. So she was a bouncer. Oh, Oh, I get it. (laughs) I really loved 
her. I would watch a whole spinoff about that movie. I was also thinking I would love to see John Leguizamo reprise his role of Luigi in a live-action Luigi's Mansion. Oh, it oh, would be so oh, good. Yeah, haunted house. He'd be so good. He got a piece of pipes in a haunted house. Yes, it would be so good. Another thing I learned from scholarly journal Wikipedia <laughs> is that so John Leguizamo, like once he was cast as Luigi, he made a joke to the effect that he's like, oh, you know, you see a lot of Italians playing Latin people in movies like how Al Pacino did in Scarface. Mm-hmm. Now it's our turn because he's a Latin actor playing an Italian. Wow. So He rocks so much. He really is the best. Um, I wanted to, I think that's everything I have, which is good because I know we're running short on time. I just wanted to shout out the two lines in this movie that reminded me of other things yes like a genius would so there was there is the line where luigi says i'm flying mario i'm like "Mm, (laughs) can someone edit that into the scene from titanic i would never (laughs) stop laughing Um, (laughs) if kate winslet's mouth opens and john leguizamo's luigi voice comes out i would just never stop laughing um (laughs) the other line mm, this is a deep cut this is did anyone else pick up on like the twilight sounding moment in this movie what Oh, there's okay. So when Yoshi first comes in and Daisy's like, what is this? And then Koopa's like, go ahead and say it. And then she <gasps> says, dinosaur. Just like oh, Edward yes. Cullen and Bella. It was, I was like, ah! <laughs> And then Yoshi's like, climb on spider monkey. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, I was really sent to another time um, in that moment. Uh, so, yeah, if, if anyone's in the mood to edit that for us, too. <laughs> that would really I'll get on that right now. I think in that one, I would want the Twilight voices edited into Super Mario. That's the funnier version. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm open to options. Um, and those are my last uh, scholarly thoughts about this movie. Yeah, I, that was all I had Abby, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I thought it was so fun. I really found it. Every choice I thought was inspired. <laughs> I had a much better time than I was expecting. Because I don't always love like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. I'm like, let's just watch something that's good then. But I mm-hmm. thought this was legitimately like pretty fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun choices. I think if you're going to reimagine Mario in a live action setting, I think this is the way to do it. Oh, I would love for this style of like big swing yeah. adaptation to come back. Things are getting so stale, so boring. Even when they're good, I forget about it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Give me John Leguizamo's Luigi's Mansion directed by an absolute freak. That would make me so... <laughs> ooh, ooh, like Julia Ducarno's Luigi's Mansion. Like, okay. give me something I'm not juicy. sure about that. <laughs> okay, we can workshop ideas. Um, but in any case, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I believe it, it does. It does. Between Daisy and... Do Daisy and Daniela they do. pass? Yeah, when they talk about the tanning, the tanning right. salon. And that's a very important line of di- dialogue. It sets up the necklace. And Daisy and Lena, I believe, mm-hmm. are talking about power and legacy. Bloodlines. Stuff like that. Um, and then possibly, I don't know if we, I don't remember if we get names for the, for the Brooklyn gals. But if we do, then mm. there's a few exchanges with them that pass as well. True. But yeah, I mean, again, it's not a lot, but it's more than I expected. Which brings us to the one true metric, the nipple scale. Where we rate the movie on a scale of zero to five nipples. 
based on examining it through an intersectional feminist lens. Um, here's the thing. There's a lot of tropes at play in this movie, um, namely that several women are kidnapped and damseled and don't really do anything to save themselves. And then you have the female villain being very jealous mm-hmm. of another woman in a way that feels like I'm a male writer and I don't know how women interact except to be jealous of each other. Mm. So I'm going to write that. So those things felt very tropey, but it was doing better than I thought it would for a movie that's based on a property that completely hinges on a man having to save a woman. It's like Mario's whole thing is he has to defeat the villains to save Peach. Mm -hmm. So while that is also basically present in the movie, I was like, oh, at least there's like other female characters that I wasn't expecting to be there. They're not doing that much, mm-hmm. um, or at least not Daisy. Bertha does a fair amount of things that affect the plot, as does Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle is not as much, but I- I'll watch the spinoff, whatever. Right, right. So I would give this two nipples. Mm-hmm. Still not doing great, but hey, hey, better than I thought. Right amount of nipples, if you ask me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good number of nipples. Uh, I will give one to Bertha. I will give... One, two, Yoshi. He's an ally. Feminist icon. Yes. I. It, it is April Fool's week on the Bechtel cast. And so yeah. because I had such a killer time watching this movie, I think we've um, appropriately kind of deconstructed the reasons that you know it works or doesn't in, for, for our purposes. But I'm giving it five nipples because I had a hell of a time and it's the first week in April. And fuck you. I loved it. I thought it was great. And they really shouldn't have poured hot coffee on that guy. That was fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll dock a half nipple for it because for the hot coffee incident, that was bad. Mm. Uh, so four and a half nipples because I had fun and that's hard. Um, so four and a half <laughs> yeah. nipples and I'm giving them, um, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them all for Danny to Danny DeVito for not doing this movie. I think that was a pretty powerful. Oh, sure. part. Fair. Yeah. Abby, what do you say? I would say, you know, more coming at it. I think also of its time, it's better than I expected as far as women speaking, just kind of in general. So I would give it a solid four nipples. Wow. Okay. I I had fun. I'm kind of of Jamie of Jamie's attitude of like, I had a good time. I think of the era it came out in, mm-hmm. you know, could have been worse. And I'm going to give those four nipples to my cat because I don't think he has enough. Yes. <laughs> And now he has 12 no. nipples because yeah. cats famously have eight nipples and that's cat facts with Caitlin. You got to carry around <laughs> some spares like like tires. Abby, thank you so much for joining us. What a blast yes. this has been. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun and I really liked this movie quite a bit. It rocks. Let me know if y'all watch Dead Ringers because oh. I'd be interested to listen to that episode. Come back. <laughs> sure. Uh, where can people follow you online? Check out your stuff. Etc. They can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on Twitch if they are a gamer, gaming inclined, and that is at Y-B-B-A-A-A-B-B-Y. Or you can just search Abby Russell. That's probably easier. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you for and having me. And 
let's I, I'm like I guess let's see let's see Chris Pratt Mario together I hope it's good look I have AMC I oh, A-list I, I want to see it I bet it's fun I bet that movie will be perfectly fun I yeah. I I think it'll be I bet I'll laugh. Jack Black plays Bowser. Yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah, I'm down. Fine. You can follow us on uh Instagram and Twitter at Bechdelcast. Um you can follow our Patreon, aka Matreon at patreon.com slash Bechdelcast, where we do two bonus episodes every month, five bucks a month with a back catalog of I think like hundred and fifty episodes at this point. You will not leave dissatisfied. Uh, and in April, we are doing Fembot April. So we're covering Megan and Life Size. Yeah. So you should watch Smart House. Oh, oh, I mean, just you for know. fun. Yeah. The all star <laughs> sequence in that. Talk about a dance sequence. Um, uh, you can also grab our merch at tpublic.com slash the Bechtelcast. And um, with that, should we jump in some pipes? I'm gonna put on my moon boots and uh, and steal steal oh. your shit. <laughs> I'm gonna de-evolve into a disgusting fungi. Please, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, bye. 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 <laughs> Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.